0: It is official. New Chargers head coach Jim Harbaugh has met with Justin Herber, and he said that he was starstruck by his new superstar quarterback.
1: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the
0: Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, And we've been covering the Chargers now for eight seasons together, but this is our sixth year as the host of the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen today, especially all the everydayers like my good friend Tim. Shout out to Tim for his birthday. He also wanted me to tell everyone that he called Jim Harbaugh all the way so shout out to tim but to make sure you never miss the show go subscribe or follow for free on youtube and listen wherever you get your podcast from david what do we got today
1: well daniel one of the big reasons why jim harbaugh finds himself back into the nfl was the opportunity to work with superstar justin herbert and he talks about that and The Chargers got a fantastic new defensive coordinator. This guy is the real deal. I'm very excited about him, and you guys definitely should be too. And we finally got the first offensive coordinator interview by the Chargers' new regime.
0: At least that we know of, right, at this point. But also, Kellen Moore officially leaving, so we know that he will not be the Chargers' offensive coordinator in 2024, but this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepickscom NFL. Use the code all lowercase LockedOnNFL for your first deposit match up to $100. David, it was short and it was very sweet. Jim Harbaugh going on the CBS uh, booth, basically on the table pregame on over the weekend of the ravens and chiefs game going to support his brother obviously and he was talking with the guys and what he had to say was pretty fun i think for chargers fans to hear even though it was short but the biggest thing was him talking about meeting his quarterback justin herbert and he said this he was asked if they had met and he said i have i met him and derwin james i mean pros pros these guys keenan allen but i was a little starstruck meeting justin and david i think it's just the way that he looked when he was talking about justin herbert That i think basically confirmed only in one little sound bite exactly why he came to the los angeles chargers
1: oh yeah i mean it it was it was so kind of pure and and it was kind of (laughs) a, a really cool moment but it was very obvious that jim harbaugh was extremely excited with the prospects of being able to work with a quarterback the caliber of justin herbert i think he truly recognizes what Justin Herbert's talent is, what the arm ability is, what the, the mental capacity is of Justin Herbert. And I think it really truly intrigues and excites Jim Harbaugh with the prospect of being able to cultivate and bring Justin Herbert's career forward while he's in the prime of his career.
0: Exactly, I mean, it's not rocket science. We know exactly why the Chargers job was attractive. We know why you would probably go with someone like the Chargers other than a team like the Atlanta Falcons who also interviewed him, right? And it's Justin Herbert. Like, oh yeah. And the thing is, it's so exciting is you've seen the relationship that Jim Harbaugh has had with his other quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Where he's going through the pregame ritual, he's pounding on their chest, you know, he's punching their shoulders and doing everything and just getting them ready to go. And you just get excited to see that, right? And you get yes. excited that Justin Herbert has someone who's, you know, not only played his position at the highest level, but also, right, knows what he's doing which is pretty important too right and you have someone that is going to you feel like fully appreciate what he has in justin herbert and potentially bring him to the next level you don't do this unless you think you can help justin herbert get to that next level but what he did also talk about was why he decided to leave michigan and make the leap to the nfl and like in years past where he took the meetings and ended up going back to michigan right and he said this, I love Michigan, but I love the NFL too. There's no Lombardi trophy in college football. I got so many stands left in the hourglass and I want to take a crack at that. And there's nowhere better to do it than the Los Angeles Chargers. And I think that just makes it clear like, hey, David, the only reason he's coming to the NFL and the only reason he's coming to the Chargers is in hopes of winning a Super Bowl, right? He's not padding yeah. his stats like he's going here because he thinks he can bring the Chargers their first championship.
1: And he would be an absolute legend if he was able to do that, not only in the Chargers community, but in the NFL, because the Chargers at this point have never won a championship. So if he becomes the first coach to win a Super Bowl for the Chargers, he will be immortalized forever. And of course, we all know that this is something that he wants to do as well. I mean, winning the national championship uh, at Michigan, I'm sure, was a career highlight for him. I'm sure that was a big deal. It should have been celebrated, and it definitely has been. But let's not make any mistakes. He wants that Lombardi trophy. He wants to etch his name in the pro football Uh, Annals of history and of course that requires winning a Super Bowl championship and I think you know You look at all the other jobs you look at what team is the closest to being able to potentially put that together and of course that's the team with the quarterback already in place and some pieces to work with so Jim Harbaugh saw like everybody else that his best chance at getting to that Lombardi trophy is with the Chargers. And I think as a Charger fan, that's all you want to hear. You want to hear that he's here for business, that he means business, and he wants to go out there and get that championship for all of us.
0: And as we hear more and more about Jim Harbaugh, the more it seems like he really just wants to win a Super Bowl so he can hold it over his brother's head and say, hey, I got the Super Bowl and the national championship. Let's see you do that. Maybe you need to go back to the collegiate ranks because if you know anything about the competitor that this guy is, like it feels like getting one up uh, you know, and also getting beat by his brother in the Super Bowl, even though it was over 10 years ago, is still not sitting with him right now. Oh, no. And he's trying to avenge that, and he thinks his best you know, chance to do that is with Justin Herbert and the Chargers, and so do I. I mean, but I'm yeah. a little bit biased. But he also did give his message to the players he hadn't got to talk to yet because he was asked about it, and he said this. We work together, we win together, and it's worth it. I mean, hard work, the sacrifice, the pressure, all of it. Why would someone put themselves through that? Because the rewards are just so darn good. And like, it seems simple. There's cliches in there too, David. But like all of those things are what we know about Jim Harbaugh and the kind of way that he leads his team and exactly what he expects from his team. And I do think that there are going to be some Chargers players, right? Where this is going to be a rude awakening. Like the work starts now
1: absolutely i think this is going to be a big shock to the system to you know quite a few of of the players that have been with the chargers especially maybe those that have been with the chargers for a, a while now i think that this guy comes in and he has a completely different outlook on how he wants things done and one of his harbaugh isms is more is more meaning he wants more snaps he wants you to go out there and work your butt off and There's no amount of work out there that's not worth it because when you put in the work, then you get out the desired result from that work. So I think that's definitely something that is going to come with that toughness (laughs) that breeds that physicality that changes the culture that we all kind of want and what Jim Harbaugh is going to expect as the new head coach of the Chargers
0: yeah and the thing is is like when you hear more is more right as opposed to less is more which is what you usually hear right right you you realize you know that he's going to do things a little bit differently he is oh, yeah. a little bit more old school and like one thing that he's also been able to do according to a lot of the guys who play for him is just do things more efficiently right defense yeah. isn't standing around brandon staley did a lot of that too and brought that change actually just as far as like hey if the starting offense over here the starting defense is over there getting their work in too. like there's yeah. no wasted practice time it's maximum efficiency it's getting the most out of every day and also you know attacking every day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind as he said right but a lot of it has to do with the buy-in like is if you if jim harbaugh for it to work for jim harbaugh you have to get that buy-in from the players and it's worked at every stop he hasn't been in the nfl a long time obviously but like every place he's been he has gotten that undying gratitude from his players right and all of them seem to buy in so yeah. there was also a report that came out from sports tony pauline who basically said that jim harbaugh had reached out to some players but he said as one source who shared the info with me quipped if you're on the Chargers roster but didn't get a text from harbaugh it's a major red flag and david i, I agree with that for the most part but like he could have only texted like 10 players so it's like there could be like 40 guys right now wondering if they're still on the team so i don't know if that's necessarily all the way true
1: Yeah, that's why I don't read too much into it. Obviously, it's interesting when a story like that comes out. I did find it interesting, though, that he did single out Derwin James and Keenan Allen in conjunction with Justin Herbert. So I think I kind of read more into that than I do, per se, this report. Um, Because, I mean, he's naming these guys, you know. Well, and especially for
0: Keenan Allen, right? Because Keenan Keenan Allen Allen is one of the guys who has been projected to be cut. And it's like, okay, well, if you're hearing Jim Harbaugh say that or if you think Derwin James wasn't going to be a big part of the defense going forward, he seems to have put that to bed a little yeah. bit because he's saying, hey, those are Harbaugh guys. Like, I'm, you know, it's, it's what it sounds like. Right. But those are the guys yeah. that he met, too. Right. So everything's taken with the grain salt. It's all talk at this point. And the work starts on his first day. But he already made some work because it is official official now that Jesse Minter, the Michigan Wolverines defensive coordinator, will be joining him at the NFL level. And that is an absolute steal. We're going to talk about that coming up right after this. First though, I do need to tell you guys about Prize Picks, which is daily fantasy made easy. With Prize Picks, it's super simple. All you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, place your entry, and that's it. The more entries you hit on, the more that you win. And if you win up to or hit up to six of them on the same entry, you can win up to 25 times your money. I mean, that's sounds pretty good to me. And they also offer a bunch of great promotions like Taco Tuesday, where they discount select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. But For the big game coming up, they already have some of those projections out there and they always do great things with the projections with their promotion. So right now, you can have Patrick Mahomes going for more than or less than half a passing yard. I think he's going to get that, I would say, right? You could also pair that with Christian McCaffrey rushing for more or less than 87 and a half rushing yards or George Kittle getting more or less than 49 and a half. But you only have to hit on two of those to win. So go to prizepickscom slash lockdown NFL. Use the code lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to hundred dollars. That's prizepickscom slash lockdown NFL promo code lockdown NFL for that deposit match up to hundred dollars price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, David, we get to talk about the first new addition to the Chargers coaching staff because it was confirmed by many um, over the weekend that Michigan defensive coordinator Jesse Minter would be joining the Chargers. And it was Sam Webb, who I saw from first from 24-7 Sports, who reportedly told his players at Michigan that he would be joining Jim Harbaugh in the Chargers. Obviously, if he was joining him, that conversation would have to happen with his former players. Oh, yeah. So it makes a lot of sense. But... This is a huge get. I mean, when we first talked about the Chargers getting Jim Harbaugh and talked about how he could fill out his staff, this was easily the number one target that we wanted. And the, the Chargers found a way to bring him along, and, and Jim Harbaugh and him were a package deal.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm very, very excited about this. I mean, this guy's got a pretty long resume uh, of coaching, you know, and it started back in 2006 as a defensive intern for Notre Dame. And then he was the defensive coordinator at three different spots. That's Indiana State uh, from 2011 to 2012, Georgia State 13 to 16. Then he went to the NFL to join John Harbaugh's staff, where he was a defensive assistant and then eventually a defensive backs coach. Then went to to be a DC at Vanderbilt. And then, of course, his latest stop as the defensive coordinator for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan for the years of 2022 and last year, 2023.
0: Yeah, I mean, he definitely has a lot of more collegiate experience, obviously, than NFL experience, but I think the thing you like about it is he has both and did it at a high level at both, or was at least with two very winning programs, obviously, and I think it's a huge get for the Chargers as their defensive coordinator, obviously, just led Michigan to the best scoring defense of all college football, was reportedly a leading candidate for the Jaguars defensive coordinator position, I'm guessing if Jim Harbaugh potentially went back to Michigan, has experience at the NFL, and also took over Mike McDonald's defense that he had kind of instituted at Michigan, tweaked it, and they looked as good as they had ever had in 2023. And I think, I mean, just from the eye test, look at what that dude did to not only Nick Saban and Alabama, right? In big moments, fourth and goal at the end of the game in overtime, right? Also just holding that offense to what he did. But then also making Michael Penix, who was, like, surging to become a first-round pick yeah, like, and how much really they dismantled, dismantled that Washington offense, one of the best in the country in the national championship game, right? Yeah. Also pretty much shut down Marvin Harrison Jr. in the Ohio State, too. So, like, he was super, super impressive. And I think when you see, hey, first in points per game, second in yards allowed per game out of 134 teams in the country, also 11th in takeaways, second in passing yards, fifth in rushing yards allowed. Like, there's a lot to like from this dude. I really, really love the signing, and I think for the Chargers, you're hoping, obviously, that you can find someone to maximize what the Chargers do defensively, and this guy feels like he fits all those bills, and also, David, like, you look at someone like Mike McDonald, and it's like the blueprint is already laid there. We saw someone go be with the Ravens, go to Michigan, go back to the NFL, and have success.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think that's extremely important. And I think especially, you know, when you're looking at what he did in college football, you want to look at what he did against the ranked opponents, right? Against the big, big dogs in college big football. Games. they The Wolverines only gave up 72 points in five games to ranked opponents. That's only 14.4 points per game on average, which that's extremely dominating I mean that's yeah. against the the be- best teams that's going to be on his record but yeah I mean this is a guy that's cut from the same cloth of that you know Baltimore Ravens style of defense which is fast physical swarming uh very very tough I mean hard to move the ball against uh, I mean a, a team that like really really rallies to the football and really you know kind of suffocates you and I think that's uh, very, very exciting. When you look at, you know, they've been one of the better defenses in the NFL the last several years. And this is a guy that's going to be a direct disciple of how that defense is ran today. And you want to bring that type of defense over to the Chargers.
0: Yeah. And Minter's own words, he took over McDonald's defense when they were together, or when they were at Michigan, but they also worked together when they were with the Ravens as well. So they had history together too. And Jesse Minter came in and tweaked it, right? But like With Mike McDonald, I mean, he was with the Ravens 2014 to 2020, became the Michigan's defensive coordinator in 2021, came back in 2021 and 2022 as the Ravens' defensive coordinator and their first in scoring defense this year, third in points per game allowed in 2022, and they run similar schemes. So I think it's why it's easy to get excited about what they're doing in Baltimore, right, especially after holding Kansas City to 17 points and shutting them out in the second half to give themselves a chance in the AFC Championship game, right, coming through, in a big time game yeah,
1: it's real production
0: yeah it's i mean something you can easily get excited about and i mean to your point of what the defense kind of plays like i mean if you've watched baltimore at all like you can see you know how these defenses are similar because basically Jason jesse minter has said his defense is built on four pillars block destruction shocking effort ball disruption and obnoxious communication and all of those things i think when you watch michigan When you watch Baltimore, David, you're seeing a team that's flying around. You're seeing a team that tackles exceptionally well, that plays aggressive, that can get pressure on the quarterback. Like they, I think, do all of the things that you want your defense to do, right? And now it's for the Chargers getting the buy-in, getting the roster to support what he wants to do defensively and much more.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's, it's one thing to get the guy in the building, but as we saw with Brandon Staley, you have to try to get the try the right type of players to run the defense the most effectively. So that yeah. might take a little bit of time for for, for that to translate. Not only is he going to have to teach you know the the defense to the players that are here, but he's going to have to bring in more of the type of players that are going to run his defense at its peak effectiveness. So yeah. there might be some tweaking and there might take some time, uh, and it might be a draft or two. Uh, before they're able to kind of get the, this defense humming the way that it's supposed to at the NFL level.
0: Yeah. I mean, Baltimore's defense struggled at first when Mike McDonald took them back over and their defense might've been in a better spot than the Chargers was at least talent wise, but like they ended up still being a third best scoring defense in the NFL in 2022. And so I think when you're looking at what Jesse Minter's defense brings to the table, right? Very physical, very aggressive Tackles extremely well. They had one of the lowest miss ra- tackle rate in the country, right? Which I think for Chargers fans is something that is like very exciting, <laughs> yeah, very, very nice to hear, right? Yeah. And I think the new thing, or the next kind of thing for him, I think will just be okay. But when you took it over at Michigan, the foundation was already there. They right. already had the structure. You were surrounded by defensive coaching staff that knew what the system was already and had already been implementing it with players before you got there, right? So now you have to be able to take that to the next level. Get the buy-in from the players because he said effort, and that is such a big part of it, right? Guys rallying to the football, yeah, like never just letting guys be able to, you know, have the free, you know, b- break a tackle, and now it's wide open field, right? Because everyone right. is running. One guy it slows swarmed, them down. Swarm, the swarm the ball them, carrier, yeah. exactly. But like you need the buy-in from your players to do that, and you also just had to probably get, you know, younger and more athletic defensively too, if you're trying to, you know, implement this to its fullest extent, but now it's okay. Can he come in and install it to this Chargers defense? Because it can be, it's, it's a little exotic, right? It thrives on confusion. It thrives on simulated pressures and being able to, you know, confuse offenses and, and slow them down as we saw, you know, and being able to adjust like they did in the second half against the chiefs, you know, in that Ravens game. And also what Michigan was able to do against Alabama as well. So we saw a brand Staley, Hey, you have all these good ideas, right? You're a defensive guru. But then you get in the game, and there's a bunch of busted coverages and things like that, yeah. right? So, now the next, the most important thing is okay, can you come in there with a brand new group of guys who are not playing your defense, right? And install it and get them all on the same page and have that obnoxious communication and have everyone be knowing where they're supposed to be at all times. I think that's the biggest part because we know the scheme works, right? Yeah. So, I think it's very exciting. I think he has a system that can get more out of this Chargers defense than what we saw over the last few years, but. We do now know at least one person that they're interviewing for their new offensive coordinator position, and we also know that Kellen Moore will not be the offensive coordinator in Los Angeles in 2024, so we're going to talk about that coming up right after this. First all, I do need to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life, and that is huge, right? Someone who... Maybe isn't a sports fan. Dude, gonna listen to some of the things that I need to get off my chest, right? And today, the thing I want to get my chest off my chest is this: Can we talk about Nate Cating? One of the most accurate kickers in NFL history that absolutely crumbled in big moments and was another huge reason for the sports traumas I faced as a child that have inevitably followed me into adulthood and things I've actually talked to therapists about. But man, 2009 divisional round against the Jets, 0-3 in a game they lost 17-14. to 14. Two of the misses were 40 yards or less. Missed the field goal in the Marlon McCree game that I brought up last week, paying missed a game winner in the wild card round of the 2005 season nobody has crumbled in bigger moments like nick hating but one thing that's helped me with that is therapy and therapy can be different for everyone most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team and it's important to get things off your chest so if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule visit betterhelp.com locked on to get 10 percent off your first month that's better help locked on I know everyone's loving me bringing up all these traumatic moments for BetterHelp, but hey, the Chargers could give you the need for therapy, absolutely. But I do want to talk about the Chargers actually getting things going in their search for their next offensive coordinator. And we have one name that they've requested to interview, and it is Marcus Brady, someone who at one point was kind of a rising star in coaching circles but has fallen off a little bit and now gets an interview for the Chargers. And what that kind of tells us about what the Chargers could be looking for with their next offensive coordinator as far as what the offense is going to look like. But I do want to tell everyone to make sure they're checking out Locked On Sports today, the first ever 24-7 sports streaming channel that you can find at all time every day with local experts covering their team. The only way that Locked On knows how to do it because it is your team every day. So make sure you guys subscribe to Locked On Sports today, the only 24-7 sports streaming channel that's out there right now. David, we have some movement in the Chargers offensive coordinator search because I know a lot of people have assumed it's potentially, you know, someone that has huge ties to Jim Harbaugh, but the first reported interview that we know of or the request for an interview that we know of is not someone that really has Jim Harbaugh ties. And this is from Jeremy Fowler, who said the Chargers have requested an interview with former Colts offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady, for their offensive coordinator position per source. Brady is currently the Eagles senior offensive assistant. So. What do you think, David, about who the Chargers are reaching out to first in their OC search?
1: Yeah, Marcus Brady uh, was former offensive coordinator at the Indianapolis Colts and uh, was very heavily involved in establishing a very strong and consistent running game. And obviously, one of the things we know uh, that is a staple of a Jim Harbaugh team is a team that is going to run the ball down your throat. So. When he was the offensive coordinator, he helped uh, Jonathan Taylor go crazy and the Colts just in general. They were second in the NFL in rushing yards per game, 149.4 and also yards per carry at 5.1 yards per carry. That was the year where Jonathan Taylor was a all pro first team, all pro also pro bowler and had just a ridiculous season. 1811 yards and 18 touchdowns on the ground. Also did some good work with uh Philip Rivers as well I mean th- that's the year that Philip Rivers led the Colts to the playoffs um, he was the offensive, uh, offensive coordinator, excuse me, uh, when the, actually he was the quarterback's coach, excuse me. Yeah, quarterback's um, coach. For, yeah, quarterback's coach for Philip Rivers. Uh, obviously, you know, at this point in his career, Philip was his own uh, quarterback's coach and pretty much his own offensive coordinator as well. We know he loves to change the plays of the line of scrimmage, but he did have a lot of success, and that was the last time we saw Phillip Rivers wear a uniform in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's really hard to kind of, Parse how much of the disaster that happened after the 2021 season was his fault because yeah the Chargers played that team after he had already gotten fired in 2021 or yeah 2022 when the, the the Matt Ryan Colts totally imploded yeah. and they ended Yikes. up going to you know fire Frank Reich after they kind of fired Marcus Brady to be a scapegoat and then Frank Reich was right behind him then Jeff Saturday took over then the Chargers beat him 17 to zero. It was a a weird time for the Colts. And it's hard, you know, Jonathan Taylor was also hurt most of 2022 as well. So that's why it's kind of hard for a coach like this to, you know, to know how good they were as an offensive coordinator, because we're talking about a guy who got fired, you know, less than halfway through his second season. So he had one good season where they were a competent team with Carson Wentz at quarterback and Jonathan Taylor went nuts. Yeah. And then they were absolutely awful the next season. And he ended up getting fired. And he's a guy that, you know, if this is, If there's anything to take away, yeah, maybe it is the Chargers are looking to, you know, have a a run-heavy offense or at least considering people that could potentially help them in their running game. Maybe he won't even come on as an offensive coordinator, right? Maybe there's a, you know, running backs coach or something like that, a different offensive assistant position that he could get. I wouldn't like his chances necessarily to land this job right now. I wouldn't call him. A prohibitive favorite for the job especially with his lack of connection to jim harbaugh right but i understand you know why the Chargers would be interested in picking his brain for sure because he seemed like he got done a little bit dirty in indianapolis that second season after being pretty decent in his first year but we also know now david that kellen moore is leaving the chargers to become the eagles offensive coordinator so this also i think kind of confirms that when the chargers blocked his move to potentially go be the bears offensive coordinator it was just about contingency plans and a Jim Harbaugh backup. Once Jim Harbaugh yeah. signed, we said, "Hey, it's probably very unlikely that Kellen Moore would stick around." But it's hard to, I think, with Kellen Moore and trying to, you know, determine whether he was good in twenty twenty three or not, David. Just because it was a weird season, there was obviously some things I really liked from Kellen Moore and some absolute disasters as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know the off the for for, for him, I think the offense obviously had its deficiencies. The running game was awful. Uh, Did not have any kind of consistency whatsoever. I think for the majority of the season, they were pretty good in the red zone. That kind of fell off towards the the end of the year. But well, the other hard thing
0: is that he had you know four and a half games of Eastern Stick too. So if you're using like the the whole season numbers, it's kind of hard because it's like he had a backup quarterback, you know, and that kind of muddies things a little bit
1: for sure. But one of the things we we knew was a major issue. Uh, throughout the season for Kellen Moore was the protection breakdowns in the most important moments yeah. of the game. I mean, when the Chargers had an opportunity to go down and win the football game, there was always a situation where there was a, a missed blitz pickup on a third down, no. and that would end end the drive and thus end the Chargers' chances of winning a lot of games last year. I mean, that was it was a yeah. common theme, a common issue. Some po- some positives, some negatives. Um, I mean, I think overall it was a, a decent year for for Kellen Moore. I just don't know if he was around long enough to kind of really establish anything um, going forward. But hey, you know, we wish him well, wish him well and wish him the best with uh, with the Eagles.
0: I mean, I think the thing you can say is obviously by the interest that he's garnered right since the end of the season, because he was reportedly in the running for several open offensive coordinator yeah. positions. That They don't blame Kellen Moore for it, right? So, yeah. I mean, the stink of Brandon Staley's Chargers didn't seem to stick to Kellen Moore very much. I mean, when Justin Herbert played in the games that he started, the Chargers only averaged 21.7 points per game. That was 16th in the NFL. So, like, that's also almost identical to what the Kansas City Chiefs did in the regular season. But for the Chargers with Justin Herbert and the weapons that they had, you would have expected more than that, obviously. You have to factor very in the key, so. injuries, key injuries to Justin Herbert, Corey Lindsley, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer with a stint on IR as well. So, like, yeah. he didn't have a lot of things. But, yeah, I mean, the protection issues and the god-awful running game were yep. both just doomed. And maybe yeah. that's, you know, him going with only really one coach that he was attached to with Doug Neusmeier. And I mean, the passing game I thought was good outside of the protection issues. I thought they were much more aggressive with Kellen more than they were under Joe Lombardi. I have nowhere near the chagrin for more that I had for Lombardi when we all wanted him outright. I, like, I do think... The scheme was better and a a lot of things got in the way with it. But I do think, you know, there are things that you could chalk up like the protection, like the running game where it's like, hey, it can't all be personnel, right? It It can't all be execution. You have to play to your strengths. And I don't know if he always did that. And I don't think he had a fully fair shake, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. If he was really good with the Eagles, right? Because they have a lot of very skilled players over there. And they also have a very good offensive line as well. So things were a lot easier. The Chargers' offensive line was not good. Protections were not good. The running game was not good. So I don't blame Kellen Moore, but I'm also very excited to see what the next iteration of the Chargers offense looks like. Hopefully one that, you know, resembles a team that wants to protect their franchise quarterback who ended up on injured reserve to end their season. So up from here, you know, that was the biggest thing, but it's kind of a very big thing. So happy to see who fills this position next. I don't think that Marcus Brady is going to be the last name we see but I'm very excited to talk with Chris Rem of ESPN about it because he is joining the show tomorrow to talk about the Jim Harboss hiring Jesse Minter, Justin Herbert, all things chargers related. So make sure you don't miss it by subscribing and following for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listening wherever you get your podcast from, as well as following all of our social media because we post the show to all of those places as well every day. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On LAC, on Instagram at Locked On Chargers, and our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. You can also find me and David on Twitter, me at Dan Talk Sports, and David Drogemeyer at SD. We'll also be doing a Chargers mailbag later in the week if you guys want to call in. You can do that at 323-524-7924 and give us a 30-second Chargers question you're likely to get on the show. But make sure you guys are back here you tomorrow for a big special guest, Chris Rim of ESPN, coming on the show. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.